1: Game one of the NBA Finals is now in the book, and uh, a lot of questions uh, remain for the Miami Heat. Uh, Some of the questions about the Denver Nuggets have been answered, but there is much to dive into here on this Friday morning. Welcome in. It is the morning after here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Joe Ranieri. Pinch hitting for the great Ben Stevens here today, and uh, we got a lot to uncover here a huge weekend in the world of sports uh, is almost upon us and uh, of course here in the South Florida uh, area I can tell you uh, there is a certain level of excitement even after the Miami Heat lost last night 104 to 93 we've got Stanley Cup Action, getting ready to uh, to start this weekend. Next week, uh, the Panthers and the Las Vegas Knights uh, will take center stage here in South Florida. So a lot going on. And I can tell you right now here in South Florida, nobody even knows the Marlins uh, still play. But uh, we're going to talk about the game last night. And it was, shall we say... In many aspects, a bit of a yawner here. We did, of course, see the greatness that is Nikola Jokic, right? Uh, Great game by him, gaudy numbers once again. Only 12 shots last night, but an impressive, and I mean impressive line to say the least here. 27 points, 14 boards here, 10 assists, Uh, and it didn't feel like he was breaking a sweat at all in that game one last night. Uh, He was his usual dominant self, but there were also other role players there for the Denver Nuggets that stepped up and took advantage of the lack of size that the Miami Heat have. Uh, Jamal Murray was certainly uh, another one of those contributors for Denver that you come to expect between him and Jokic, what they're going to, dominate the offensive side and they did last night 26 points for him and uh, he had uh, 10 assists as well so between those two guys it felt like the game was never really out of hand for them they were in control the entire time however when you look at guys like Michael Porter Jr. and when you look at Aaron Gordon who we can argue maybe the weakest of those starting five, certainly on the offensive side. Uh, He came out and dominated the game right from the get-go. 12 points in the first quarter for Mr. Aaron Gordon here. And a big reason for that, Miami don't have anybody to guard them. Uh, The size difference was front and center last night between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Also on the forefront last night, was the ridiculously bad shooting by this Miami Heat team. When you take into consideration that Max Struess, Caleb Martin, guys that were absolutely instrumental in helping the Miami Heat get to the finals and run through teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, the New York Knicks, and, of course, the Boston Celtics, Yeah, how about a combined one of 17 last night? Um, They had scored a total of three points, uh, and the only shot they had had was uh, Martin ended up hitting a three late in the second half to finally get on the board. But Max Struess and Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson, just absolutely awful night. And you throw in the fact that Jimmy Butler only had 13 points on 6 of 14. It is a bit of a head-scratcher here as we welcome in our radio audience here on this Friday. It is the morning after here on uh, on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Joe Ranieri sitting in. For the wonderful Ben Stevens, as we're talking about Game 1 in the books for the NBA Finals and last night in Denver Ball Arena, it was, uh, it was hopping last night. A lot of Denver Nugget fans finally excited to see their team in the finals, something that uh, many of us thought was a little bit overdue, something we thought we would see a lot of over the last three to four years with Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray. Well, we got it. Uh, And boy, oh boy, did we get it. However, a big question on people's minds is, is this over now in four? There is a, obviously, the series price indicated that nobody, and I mean nobody west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi had given Miami much of a shot to be able to win this. And in fact... I would venture to say Jimmy Butler's got something to say about Miami's chances and what they need to do after this game one performance. Let's hear from him.
0: Jimmy,
2: Nick Friedell, ESPN. Why do you think the offense struggled so much to find its rhythm throughout the night? Probably because we shot a lot of jump shots myself, probably leading that pack instead of um, putting pressure on the rim, um, getting layups, getting to the free throw line. Uh, you know, when, when you look at it during the game, they all look like the right shots. And I'm not saying that we can't, as a team, make those. But got to get more layups. Got to get more free throws. And um, whenever you miss and don't get back, the game gets out of hand kind of quickly. Um, we gave up too many layups, which we can, also can't have happen. Um, but that's, that's it as a whole. We got to attack the rim a lot more, myself included.
1: Yeah, two free throws. Not going to get it done uh, as a team there, Jimmy Butler in the finals. But there's a lot to go over with what he just said there. And what is the outlook for the Miami Heat? Is it a positive one? Do we think they can bounce back? Well, good old Kevin Warsh is going to join us next here on the morning after as we break down and get ready for game two of the NBA Finals next here on the grid. Welcome back in on a Friday. Joe and Arian for Ben Stevens here on the morning after the Sports Grid Network and Game 1 in the books officially for the NBA Finals. It feels like uh, it's taken us a long time uh, to finally get here, but with one game uh, under our belt, we get ready for a Game 2 and a lot of questions, and I mean a lot of questions, still to be uh, answered by both the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, and I can't think of anybody better. Uh, and it's it's a good thing we caught him uh, because he doesn't work a lot from what I understand. but Kevin Walsh uh, oh, joining man. us here uh, on uh, the morning after, and it's it's funny, I mean, I'm with Donnie You know that during the mm-hmm. uh, during the week there, and it, it's true. He really does make it seem like uh, mimosas, mm-hmm. massages, uh, yeah. brunch. Uh, I, I believe you were riding uh, naked horseback last week. Uh, it, I'm very sorry. impressive stuff here, Walsh. I tell you, welcome in. No,
2: excited to be here. I, I have a lavish lifestyle that I got to keep up with here. I, I really just need to offer up an apology that you've been stuck with Donnie for multiple days uh, out of the yes. week. I mean, there, it's nothing but, but you know unnecessary jokes and weighted on base average when you're in the mix mm. with Donnie right side.
1: Yeah, don't make me ex-fip you, because I will, just to bring up nightmares. I will do it for you, Walsh. Uh, let's dive into game one. It's a pleasure to see you, man. Uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about what we saw last night, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, obviously, uh, if you'd have told me that Miami held Denver to 104 points, uh, I would have thought, wow, all right, we uh, Miami, uh, maybe if they didn't win, they certainly had a shot to win. That wasn't the case. I don't think either team was great, but what did you take away from that game one last night? Yeah, so
2: I I think for Miami, obviously you lose a game in the NBA Finals. It's disappointing, but the Heat, and you're right, it's not like Denver went out there and put up an A-plus game. Then this would, instead of being an 11-point deficit, would have been a 25-point kind of game. But for the Miami Heat, they have still not lost... A great Jimmy Butler game. If you think about the Los Angeles Lakers game number one against the Denver Nuggets, you go through that box score. AD scored 40, and they lost. Right there you go, oh, God. Oh, God. Because we know he's not going to show up next game, which he, of course, did not show up next game because that's good old Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler was bad. Jimmy Butler had 13 points on 6 of 14 shooting. Jimmy Butler would tell you he is bad. It's it's what he did when the Heat lost game six against the Celtics, right, Joe? He's like, yeah, if I played better, we would have won the game. And then he played much better in game seven, and they won the game. That, to me, is still the saving grace for Miami, is that when Jimmy is at an A-level, they've still not been beat yet in this postseason. Everything starts and finishes with Jimmy Butler to me.
1: Yeah, it, well, it it does. And we know this. He is the heart and soul of the Miami Heat. Everybody knows that. Denver knows it. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, I would categorize his effort last night as one that he really, he should have had double-digit assists. Uh, the amount of wide-open oh, yeah. looks that were missed, Caleb Martin and Struis. Uh He didn't, and, and we just heard a clip from him. Uh, listen, he didn't take it to the rack nearly enough. He didn't force the mm-hmm. issue by the rim, which is not like he's at the free throw line a million times a game, but he does average nine in the playoffs, nine attempts. They, as a team, they only got two. They settled for a ton of jump shots last night, mm-hmm. but the the saving grace for me and and thinking that this series is going to continue here... Is the simple fact that where did Denver play defense last night? Because if they make a third of those wide open shots, we're having a different yeah. discussion here, are we not?
2: Yeah, I, I think. It, look, it, it's such a it's such a massive number. You cannot overlook it. But Max Ooh. Strews might have been the biggest swing in the game last night, and he certainly was yeah. in the first half because I believe it was zero for six in the first half that he was from beyond the arc i mean eventually spolstra and understandably so put him to the bench he's like look you do not have it tonight but i'm glad you know max strews is going to have to make threes in order to be valuable to this team so he kept on shooting but because the heat final numbers look okay passable at least 13 of 39 that's all gabe vincent going five for ten duncan robinson and max strews shot it at one of 14. one Mm -hmm. for 14 from three, that's never going to win. And a big part of this Miami Heat run has been what they've been able to do from beyond the arc. Because I'm sure the Denver Nuggets backers will say, hey, look, they were worse in this game from three. Yes, they were. They took 12 less threes than Miami, though. And that is something the Heat are banking on. Winning that yep. math game. Great Jimmy Butler performances while the others step up and hit timely triples.
1: yeah. I'm with you 100 percent there. I mean, uh, you you see some of these uh, these numbers and these props that we had going into the game last night. And I thought they were fair. I mean, Jimmy Butler, uh, what do, what do we have? 27 and a half, I think he mm-hmm. was going into that game last night ended up with 13. Uh, he did come close to the rebound, seven and a half. Uh, I think he got seven uh, assists yeah. is what, yeah, and that could have been way better. Uh, he landed mm-hmm. on seven. He was getting five and a half. Uh, Jokic in the PRA, was that something you were on there, Walsh? Because I believe it was 50 and a half. And I think he yeah. landed at 51, so uh, congrats those that backed him.
2: Uh, I, that I was not on. I will say this. I was licking my chops to get an updated series leading point score as Jokic yeah. essentially was like, hey, I'll just not score the entirety of this game yep. and then ended up the damn leading score in the game. So that was a disaster <laughs> like that. I don't know really? how I don't know how he managed to do that because also, you know, yep. Bam Adebayo was having the big game. Jamal was kind of doing his thing for a moment. I thought Aaron Gordon was going to have a 50 piece and then he just took off after the first quarter, uh, yeah. which was wild. And that is the thing for, you know, Nikola Jokic. And, and that's the difference. You know, Jimmy Butler is, I think, one of the 10 best players in the NBA. But the difference between that and Nikola Jokic, who is one of the two best players in the NBA is Jokic's bad games are still basically 22, 8, and 8. And last yes. night, all of a sudden, you look up and you go, what, 27, 14? And tell, what am I, what are we even doing here with this guy? A wildly efficient 8 of 12 from the line. And look, I mean, he shot 10 more free throws than the Heat did as a team. So uh, Jokic was his usual excellent, excellent self in this basketball game.
1: Yeah, no, he was. I mean, him and Murray, it's a heck of a one-two punch. But again, I didn't see anything last night that was... Shocking, uh, Walsh. In other words, I didn't see anything that we didn't already know, right? We know they have a size advantage, Denver. Um, I was a little shocked that Aaron Gordon, the offense ran through Aaron Gordon to start the game in the first yeah. quarter. You know, he's the worst of the five on Denver that starts offensively, and yet they really went out of their way to hunt those mismatches. And it is a mismatch. You can't have a you know a six four Strews taking on a six eight Aaron Gordon like it, it's. You're not going to win that battle. It'll be interesting to see Mm -hmm. what adjustments Spo makes, but I didn't expect what we got from Aaron Gordon last night. I thought he'd be good rebounding, but point-wise, didn't expect it last night.
2: And I think it was a great move, though, from Denver to say, hey, listen, we know you're a small team, and and we want you to feel like that is going to really harm you in this series. So now the Heat, moving forward, are going to have to pay more attention to an Aaron Gordon. They're going to have to respect that. But, Joe, let's be honest. If – the Denver Nuggets, every time they come down the court, see Gabe Vincent on Aaron Gordon, they go, hold on, we got to get Aaron Gordon post-up? The Heat are going to take that. If the Nuggets no. offense turns into Aaron Gordon post-ups exclusively, I'll be happy about it. I got some Aaron Gordon series long wagers that we're going to root on, so fine by me. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the heat will be fine with that one thing i did not like from spo and i thought he waited way too long on this and it's not just because i had a prop on him because ultimately he got there but kyle lowry did not play enough in this basketball game finals the finals resume is real joe he was the only guy that had a positive plus minus he needs more from kyle lowry moving forward in this series
1: yeah that goes without uh, i think that goes without saying especially crunch time uh, he saved a little bit yep. in the tank i think lowry He's got a little left to give you here in this series. Uh, We're going to take a look here at some of these new updated series odds when the morning after continues here on The Grid.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: All right, welcome back in. A very happy uh, Friday to you here. It is the morning after you're on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Joe Ranieri stepping in for the great Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh hanging out with us here this hour as we recap game one of the NBA Finals. It's in the books. And Denver, well, they're up 1-0. For the first time, Miami uh, ended up losing a game one of a series on the road. They had uh, had beaten Milwaukee. They beat the Knicks at the Garden. They beat Boston at the TD Garden. Not so much luck last night in Denver. But coming out of that seven-game series against Boston, uh, having to go to Denver, altitude, yada, 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 all of that, they did look a little bit flat except for one guy uh and I want to get your thoughts on him Walsh here because bam out of bio he he scoffed at the idea that altitude would be a problem for them and I under I understand that. I mean, the the Heat culture, uh, Walsh, is all about making sure that uh, body fat is right. I mean, they are—the Heat aren't for everybody when it comes to players. Not everyone uh, embraces that Heat culture. But the Heat culture prepares you for Game 1s in Denver. And Adebayo was more than ready for it, more than, I think, any other member of the Heat. The big question I have is— Is this sustainable with him moving forward in this series? So it should be,
2: but now I'm telling you right (laughs) now, is that right? Is his game two prop 19 and a half? There's no damn way. There's no way they moved his prop three points up. Now come, we are not new here, Joe. (laughs) We are not new here, Joe. Mm -hmm. He, He is not doing, if he does it again, I will be very proud of, proud of the guy, Bam Adebayo. Look, he went for 20-plus yeah. in each of the first two games against the Celts, right? And yeah. the thing about Jokic is, for all of the praise heaped on him, and rightfully so, he still is not a, a tremendous defender. And Bam Adebayo and the pick-and-roll created mismatches last night. Again, and that is the thing, right? It, it is not to say that Denver couldn't have played better on the offensive side of the floor. Of course they could have, they shot it under 30% from three, but. Miami last night had plenty of good looks out there and available that they weren't able to take advantage of. The thing with the, the BAM stuff specifically, though, I will say, Joe, as great as it was to see him aggressive, now that he has established that aggressiveness, can he find those open shooters now with even more ease? Will more eyes be drawn to BAM at a bio or are they going to keep letting him play one-on-one? And if they are, the— The big shift for him has to be doing what Jokic attempted to do to him, which is foul trouble. You have to – Bama DeBio cannot shoot the ball 25 times with no free throw attempts. Go into the body of Nikola Jokic and get him in foul trouble.
1: Yeah, and and I think we all know it's not as if Jokic, for how great he is offensively, it doesn't match his defense. Like, he he is – you know, he is susceptible – to being fouled. If you get physical, not a lot of guys can. That's the problem with him. It's kind of an immovable force, but he's not that defensive, you know, uh, mountain there. And at a buyer shot last night, listen, I'm good. I can get these points. A lot of jump Mm -hmm. shots, a lot of skyhawks, a lot of, uh, you know, layup type. Great, not a problem, but... Uh, you're also going to have to make, uh, you know, Jokic work a little bit more as opposed to being that floor captain. Uh, but, hey, great game one, and if you had a ticket cashed on his prop, great. That second prop looks for game two is uh, is a bit head-scratching there. but. Uh, there might be an opportunity, obviously, to take advantage of that. I don't know if there's an opportunity to take advantage on the updated series prices, however, because they went from laughable to absolutely flat-out hysterical, uh, as they are now laying eight, I believe, here, minus 800, Denver, Miami now, uh, plus uh, 550 here for this series. The spread, back to uh, one and a half, Denver there, minus 265, and, of course, Uh, If you expect this thing to end in five and Miami only get one of these next few, plus 160 there, uh, how would you approach it here, Walsh, at this? Does it go less than, does it go five? Does it go less than five? Where's the value here for you in this?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the value is, at this point, unquestionably on on Miami. Uh, Let's just forget kind of even what, you know, preconceived notions. The Nuggets Hmm. were a nine-point favorite going into last night. They, they won by 11. They simply lived up to expectations, and the computers went, double it. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I mean, if Miami wins a game in this series, I mean, they'd be lucky. It, that's silly, right? The, the yep. Heat now plus two and a half games, which is to win twice, is plus 106. That's, mm-hmm. that's so wild. And, I, yep. again, this, so this is where – you know, I I go, hey, you know, the Nuggets swept, right? And the idea is, wow, what a route they put on the Lakers. No, they did not. Mm. One of those wins was by double digits. Their point differential for the series was plus 24. Miami's point differential against the Celtics, which went seven, which means they lost three of the games, was plus 27. It was bigger than that of Denver's, who swept their opponent. So, I, I just I continue to push back on this notion that the Denver there man there's a lot of revisionist history right now Joe from people Ooh. that were big time Denver doubters who are saying I mean come on we've always known this was the best team in basketball BS I'm sorry the, the Celtics and the Bucks who both lost to the Miami Heat were booked in front of Denver all year long the Celtics were going to be favorites over the Nuggets in the NBA Finals, and we're now doing the... I mean, has Miami ever seen a basketball team
1: this talented? Yes, multiple times. Yes. It's a different challenge. But the the road to the Finals, let's be realistic here. Milwaukee, Boston a Knicks team. They were a dog in each of those uh, series there, and they've proven time and time again, you can be bigger, you can be stronger. They're going to figure out ways to get it done, and that's uh, exactly what they have. But now we're looking, if you want to go to the total games here, I always thought this was going six or seven. I had Miami Mm -hmm. six and seven against the Celtics. I took them again in six or seven here in uh, in Denver because I don't want this thing to go six or seven and me go, how did I not play that damn <laughs> ticket again? What am I out of my mind? But if we think this goes more than five, right, uh, six or seven games, there's still a little bit of value here. I think these numbers drastically change there, Kev, if they head to Miami up 2-0.
2: Well, and so if they do head to Miami up 2-0, the price should probably be what it is now, I mean, even then, it would mm-hmm. still feel like a lot. But not the minus 1,600 it's going to be. But the yep. bigger question to me, Joe, is if Miami takes game two, they're going to be what? The, the Denver Nuggets are going to be minus 400, minus 350 to win a series, despite the fact that <laughs> Miami all of a sudden has home court. Miami mm-hmm. w- was unbeaten at home until the Boston series where they did drop two of those games. I'm not saying that Denver is incapable of winning in South Beach here. But the— Mm-hmm. The, the expectation that the Heat are just drawing dead, I, I don't see how how that is the conclusion for people. I, I don't know. I feel like we they're in the finals. I do not care that they were the seven seed knocked down to the eighth seed. Who could possibly care about that at this point? That's... To me, I just think it would be a lot easier if we talked about Miami, like the team that last year was the number one seed and, the, and went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know they're missing some pieces from that, but they're much closer to that than the way they are continually booked here. I don't know how, as a Denver backer, you find a piece of value. I don't know what the number is where people go, Psh, I can't believe how light this
1: Denver number is. I've, I've yet to seen one. It's amazing to me, year after year, we see the same thing. The recency bias in the marketplace is hilarious. And it's the one thing yeah. as a contrarian better that I look forward to each and every year in these types of spots, because not only—and I've i been hard-pressed—I've talked about this—hard-pressed to find a year in which the books in the market absolutely refuse to admit they mm-hmm. got it wrong. I've never they doubled, they seem to be doubling down instead of going, all right, listen, we completely undervalued this Miami team. Our power ratings are off. You know, we're gonna adjust accordingly. How in the world the look-ahead line was basically a pick'em against the Boston Celtics, and yet the team that beat the Boston Celtics is somehow a four or five dollar underdog in playing them. I do not understand. I've never seen Walsh. The books refuse to admit that they have not been right on this, and it's only going to get worse after they won last night. I think the the opportunity to get in on Miami yeah. is huge because I think you and I agree, if you think this is a four-game sweep, you are sadly mistaken.
2: Well, and, and this, again, like, uh, recent history. Now, this is some trend. but just, It's like, man, well, you know, whoever wins game one wins the series. Last year, the Celtics won game one. The Warriors won the title. Two years ago, the Suns won the first two games of the series. The Bucs won four straight. The Miami, Now yep. I'm going way back. I understand this, but it's Heat history. The Heat lost the first two games to the Dallas Mavericks. D-Wade said, thank you. I'll take the next four, and you can kick rocks. Mm-hmm. It's just the, – these series are – Series betting, I do think, and series analysis at times, it breaks brains. People can only look at what is directly in front of them and be like, well, this is everything. And again, we saw that on display last round when Miami Mm -hmm. went into game six and people kept saying they better win tonight. How could they ever win game seven in Boston despite winning the first two games in Boston? There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of series
1: left here, Joe. A lot of series left. All right, now listen, you got to keep going, all right? Keep hopping on the Denver train. <laughs> Just going to give us an opportunity to cash bigger tickets. We'll take a look at those game two odds when the morning after continues next on The Grid All right, welcome back in here on this uh, Friday. I can't believe it, June 2nd. We're in June already, which means the NBA Finals uh, off and running game one in the books. Denver. Uh, is up one nothing there after a convincing uh, victory last night, 104-93. Mm-hmm. to 93. Uh, I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Kevin Walsh here on the morning after. I'm filling in here for the great Ben Stevens. We appreciate your time. And it's now uh, a good opportunity here to dive into some of these overvalued, ridiculous numbers for Game 2. Uh, Kevin Walsh, as we take a mm-hmm. look here, as, uh, you know, I was on Last night, uh, covering the game on In Game Live, and I couldn't wait for that game to be over because I was, where is this number going to open? I was, I thought for sure we were going to be in the 10 range, uh, 10 and a half, and uh, Mm -hmm. it was nine. That's basically what we've got. We've got nine. The thing that is amazing to me here, Walsh, is that game two, it closed 219 last night, the total. And it was quite obvious yeah. there was no pace in this game. There wasn't going to be any pace in this game. The the shooting wasn't, it was efficient for Denver. It wasn't lights out. Miami obviously didn't shoot lights out. So what do we get now for game two? Well, now we get 214. But did we even get 200 last night? Are we Are we getting to 214? Mm. What do you think about this opening line here in this?
2: Yeah, so it, it is funny. I, I, I understand that, you know, that game didn't get close. The thing was, we go into yesterday. I saw the 219, and this is not how I always am with numbers, but I was like, oh, I like over 219 too much. That's a bad bet. I'm not touching the total. Like, it was it was just one of those things. But it, it does – again, the, the the books are the people that we are targeting. Like, I'm glad we're just being mean to a, a computer yeah. and not any, like, one person here, right? Right. Why do they themselves go, Psh, gosh, we're fools. 219 was awful. All right, drop it five points after one <laughs> game. That's like such a, a yep. big movement, Joe. And when, when you ask yourself, well, hold on a minute. What can change here from game one to game two that's going to make this different? Easy answer. Miami shot 18 less free throws than their playoff average easy points at the line it changes the miami's offense and the game's total i would anticipate miami will shoot at minimum 15 free throws in game two. That is simply the ebbs and flows of the free throw line and the disparity that exists. Spalstra will spend plenty of time working the referees. It's again, it is not that the NBA is fixed. Grow up if you think that. It is just this is how the foul game goes here. Miami will never potentially in the history of their franchise, finish a playoff game with two free throw attempts. And by
1: the way, those free throw attempts belonged to Haywood Highsmith. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who was the most aggressive guy on the court outside at of bio yeah. I thought there for the Miami Heat mm-hmm. uh, him and Bam uh, and I love the minutes that he has given the Miami Heat and I think uh, we're going to see mm-hmm. more and more of him as this uh, series uh, progresses uh, but I'll tell you another thing that helped this thing fly under last night was the fact that and Denver's been great all playoff long giving them easy transition buckets because you turned the damn ball over Miami didn't turn the ball over a lot, and I and this is yeah. one of those things. If you're Miami and Spolster, you can walk away and be like, "All right, listen, we did some things terribly. We did a few other things pretty good. Taking care of the ball, I think, was an important. It's going to be important in the next game. You can't be turning it over 16 times like they did against uh, some of those games against the Celtics. You can't give Denver easy buckets. But it's interesting because if they, they don't get those easy transition points. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to be hard-pressed to get some of these uh, shootout games maybe where we're going to reach to the 220 level. Uh, There's got to be a little bit of defense on both sides and some sloppy offense, I think, to get there.
2: And that's maybe why for game Two, it might be a heat team total that would feel a little bit more Mm. secure because the ask on Denver is still high enough. But, look, you're totally right. The Lakers were the best defense in the postseason, and then the Nuggets carved them to bits because the Lakers are a bad transition defense as good as they are in the half court with Anthony Davis patrolling the rim, they get in transition and D'Angelo Russell is pointing at the ball while people run behind him for free wide open, you know, layups there. The Heat's transition defense is very good. So even in games, Joe, where they could turn the ball over a little bit more, they are sound enough, solid enough across their five that'll be on the court at any time to understand the importance of stopping the ball. The amount of times that Nikola Jokic grabbed the rebounds against the Lakers, and in two seconds was, was past half court with the ball, and the Lakers were like, whoa, 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 whoa what's going on? Time You're not mm-hmm. allowed to do that, right? The, the Heat, we, there was a moment last night where Cody Zeller was picking up Nicole Jokic full court. I'm like, oh, what, what what is even happening here? Yes. But again, that's Spolstra. <laughs> that's, that's the knowledge. That's, listen, this is where we yep. have to try and, and cut this team off. So it could very well be a Heat team total. 102 and a half is a number uh, that they have routinely been over throughout yep. this postseason.
1: I agree, and it, it, you know, they scored ninety three last night. And when you realize how many shots were left out there, wide open. I'm not talking about contested shots. We're talking about yeah. wide open shots. They made it some reason a a uh, you know a, a jump fest here where they were going to settle for jumpers, mid range jumpers, and which is okay. But I would, uh, and we heard Jimmy earlier there in the clip after the game going. Yeah, we're going to the basket. They've got to be physical. They've got to take it to the basket and they yes. will. And the one guy that better figure it out quickly uh mm-hmm. with the possibility of uh of Tyler Hero being back is Caleb Martin who was yeah. MIA yesterday. Terrible. Now the, to his, you know, his defense they double teamed him right from the get-go. I mean, they were all over Mm -hmm. him defensively. He wasn't getting the same kind of looks. Uh, So they did concentrate and said, not today, Caleb. But when you look at that, 19 and uh, what, almost 19, 20 points per game, 60% field goal percentage. I mean, he got three points. What do we got here in in game two? Uh, Is it bounce back for you?
2: So I uh, watched this Caleb Martin performance um, through frustrated eyes because his series-long points prop was 15 and a half. And history would suggest a player who has not averaged anywhere near that number except for the one series where he was on a series-long heater would drop back to earth, and the Tyler Hero re-entry into the Heat lineup is likely to hurt someone more like Tyler Hero than it is your superstar players, right? Tyler Hero is more likely to hurt a Caleb Martin. So it was frustrating because that first game there essentially just locked in his series long under, unless he can find a 30-point performance, which Mm -hmm. is not going to happen because that didn't even happen against Boston. You know, the funny thing of it is, I don't want to say it's not concerning for Miami, but I think the heat would have been foolish if they thought that Caleb Barton was going to now routinely turn into a 20 points per game score. That's not how it works. Role players can kind of have their series, right? Things can kind of rotate on and off. You know, I'll give you so, Contavious Caldwell Pope, offensively last night, not good. Seven points, Bro. three of eight from the field. He was phenomenal against the Lakers. So maybe KCP has a bad series. But. Denver, then, is going to be able to turn to kind of other pieces there. So if you're Miami, while this is disappointing, more than anything, you just have to keep an eye on it because Caleb Arden getting out of that starting lineup and shifting kind of, you know, whether it's more Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, whatever it might be, that's really the move here. I won't find myself on Caleb Arden props probably the rest of the series.
1: Yeah, no, it's just hey, uh, styles make fight, right? And it was yeah. a uh, it was a style that uh, certainly was advantage Caleb Martin against Boston, and maybe this is not exactly the series we should look to him. Uh, but I will say this, and I think it was encouraging. And I thought about this market prior, uh, you know, pre flop before this series started was the three mm-hmm. point leader. And what I saw after last night, and I know there was a uh, there was a lot of money coming in on uh, you know Porter Jr. There was um, right. you know there was some thought that Jamal Murray, but when I see 39 being chucked up, um, and if any one of those Miami Heat guys turns it on, yes. I, how are we not betting a Miami Heat player for the series three-point leader?
2: So the the wild thing is because it's such a monster number. So you have to. Whew. So Max Strews is five behind Gabe Vincent, which sounds insurmountable. But I don't look at it through that way. He's two behind mm-hmm. the series' favorite, which is Jamal Murray. If Max Strews is going to shoot 10 threes a game, 65-1, to one, Joe, is pretty yeah. fantastic in this market. And I w- But look, here's the other thing. Gabe Vincent, who is the series' leader, was dead in the mix in that Celtics series and then missed a game, which kept him out yeah. of it. Gabe Vincent has been doing this all playoff long. Like, that's the thing. Caleb Martin kind of ebbs and flows, rises with the tide. Gabe Vincent last night, maybe the most important thing for Gabe Vincent in terms of staying on the court is how successful the Lowry plus Vincent minutes were for the Heat last yes. night. Because your mind would go, "Wait a minute, a pair of 6-2 guards, this might be a disaster." But they were able to find their flow offensively there. So, the two guys that do jump out the most to me are Gabe Vincent, the series leader, and Max Strus, yep. who last game took 9 threes in the game.
1: Yep. I I I agree with you here. I, I think the idea that uh, Struess is done is finished. Yeah, no. Gabe Vincent, no. These guys are all uh very capable of, of hitting 37, 38, 39% of their threes Absolutely. and it's streaky with three-point shooters too, right? It's amazing what happens if you hit a couple early. And boy oh boy do they get in rhythm and it's uh the confidence goes up there. It was quite obvious. I think early in the game, the, Caleb Martin was throwing his hands up like because he didn't have a clue, and he knew hmm. it. He couldn't feel it. Neither could Strews. Yeah. I give them credit for continuing to try to, to get into it, but at that <laughs> point, the game was already over yeah, sure. here, and uh, yes, yeah, sorry. But I, I guess, I don't know. There's a lot of guys just as easily betting. All right, the points leader, you mentioned Jokic, but maybe... It's not, he's not as concerned with being and scoring as many points as, let's say, you know, Jamal Murray, who is, I think, one facet, one facet. He's going to score, score, and score. Maybe Jokic spends a little more time in this series being the the quarterback uh, and not the scorer, though he did end up coming back and winning it. I, I don't know. Is it all of these scoring props and uh, these, uh, these points, is it— uh, is it just Jokic uh, to you across the board, or um, are we forgetting somebody here?
2: So my thing with Jokic in in terms of this market is, I do think this might be Miami's preference. So Jokic has only had two forty. I say only, but he's had two forty point performances in these playoffs, right? they lost both games 43 in ot against minnesota the 53 point performance against phoenix it does sound almost a little too cliche but like look let jokic score all the points and leave the other guys alone but look it's it's worth a pretty good shot of uh, look jokic mm-hmm. just keeps taking a bunch of twos Tire himself out on the offense, kind of battling through, and we're not leaving. You know, wide open. Bruce Brown threes. Every Bruce Brown three is a punch in the gut, the face, the back of the head. All of those threes are <laughs> e- painful every single time he makes one of them. Joe, right? That is why mm-hmm. the the Jokic thing makes sense to me because not even from it from a him perspective. I think from the Miami perspective, it could make mm-hmm. a little more sense because again, think about it. Their worst scoring quarter, the the Denver Nuggets. Right was the quarter where Jokic did all the scoring. That might yep. be the shift there on how they try and dictate the Nuggets offense.
1: I think it's going to be a totally different Miami Heat team, totally different game two uh, coming up. And, uh, of course, uh, Kevin Walsh, uh, you'll be back Monday, unfortunately, with Donnie after that naked horseback riding uh, <laughs> over the weekend. It is a pleasure to see you, my friend. and Thank you for the time. Good luck this weekend. The morning after continues nice on the grave. Welcome back in as we look to finish up this hour of the morning after here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Jordan Ary, in for Ben Stevens here today. And uh there is, of course, a segment that uh that we love here on the morning after, and it has to do with uh, busting out the crystal ball and uh guessing the line. And we've got a couple of interesting uh situations or scenarios that can play out here uh coming up in uh, after game two of the. NBA Finals. Now, we know Denver, easy win, 104, right, to, uh, to 93. They handle business by 11. We have seen, of course, the odds change a little bit. But now, as we take a look here at some of these numbers that are coming up, exactly what do we think the line will look like well, if it's going to be, uh, let's say, Miami wins in a one-one spot, those are your updated numbers right now. With Denver now an eight-dollar favorite there, with Miami plus five fifty, the spread uh, laying that game and a half minus two sixty-five. And and keep in mind, this is after one game, uh, and of course, the short game five uh, series here seems to be plus one sixty. That too is down. So when you put it all together. And we want to take a stab at what we think if it comes to Miami in game three, this series being 1-1. Um, I think you're basically going to be looking at exactly what you saw uh, in the uh, in, before this series started. I, I do think there will not be a wild overcorrection in the marketplace because the books have already shown us all playoff long. They are not adjusting. They refuse to admit that Miami is anything other than apparently lucky to be here. So even if they win this second uh, game coming up, not going to change a whole lot. I think the numbers are going to be right around where they were in the uh, start of this, right around a $4 favorite and Miami being about a $3 dog but. We have so much more to get to. Another hour of The Morning After is coming up. Florida Panther hockey, Stanley Cup, so much to get to. Come back and join us here on The Morning After.